Welcome to Wonder Tour with Derek Cobb and Drew Perot, where we are learning leadership lessons from your favorite stories. Hi, I'm Derek. And I'm Drew. And we are on a journey to become better leaders by touring fantastic worlds and inspiring lore by going on a Wonder Tour. We connect leadership concepts to story context because it sticks to our brains better. You can find out more at wondertourpodcast.com. It's time to get all the animals around. We're going to go and ride a jaguar today through the forest of Encanto and see the candles. And along the way, we're going to rekindle all of our relationships. We're talking Encanto. Part two. Welcome back to Wonder Tour. This is episode 41. And I got to say, my, my kids just love when I go, and I just yell it across the house because I just love that so much. Today is all about Mirabelle again. And I'm going back to the, the more English pronunciation. She is just, she's really interesting. I, I just, I can't get over how interesting the character of Mirabelle is. Her stubborn integrity which is just awesome, right? We just really like this character, don't we, Drew? Well, yeah, I love how she is able to transform others through the way that she acts. Mirabelle, once again, right, we've come across a magnanimous leader. And of course, she's a leader in training just like the rest of us. So there's still more for her to learn. But as we watch her coming of age in this movie, we can see how... Her coming of age impacts the people around her. Her development of magnanimous character is then shining that warm light on everybody else around her. And it really results in transformation for each one of them. It results in transformation for Bruno, right? He finally comes out of his shell and he's able to be freed from this perceived, not even just perceived, but from this kind of mental block that he's been behind because his family has chosen to ostracize him a little bit. We're able to get we're able to get her sisters freed from well number one her sister who with the super strength right she's able to be freed from these expectations that she has of herself and that that everybody else has of her she's able to free Isabel from the the same thing almost right these expectations because of her powers and because of her beauty and stuff like that right everybody's like oh she's the perfect one she's great it's like no she has to be freed from those expectations because. That's not going to lead to magnanimous character when somebody puts those kind of expectations on you. And then lastly, what we're here to talk about is Alma, her grandmother, right? Her grandmother, you can tell that she has such good intentions that she really does care about these people. But somewhere along the way, she's gotten it all mixed up. She's got a wrong view of the magic, right? She Now the magic is just this source of power in status for the family, the magic becomes the status quo, Derek. Integrity does not like projections. <laughs> Can I say that? Can I say that enough? Integrity is drawn to what's behind the projection. So that is Mirabelle's draw, like a like if you have a, a light on in the summertime and all the bugs are coming after you, they are all drawn to that light. And they want to know what's behind it, what's making it. Maybe not like consciously or whatever, but you know what I'm saying. They're really drawn to it. And I think if I were a bug, I'd be wanting to know. 
if we talk about Alma, she's projecting out there that, like you said, the magic is everything, and this it's like this. But Maribel sees the inconsistency. Integrity is examining inconsistencies all the way through. Now, we've got a what-if segment there. Before we get in deeper into integrity that we want to engage today, and our question for what-if is, what if Mirabel was resentful and acted out of resentment, which is layers and layers and layers of disappointment, starting with the fact that she didn't get any magic when she went up to the door. And it was like, mm, I don't think so. And number one, you've got embarrassment in that situation. You've got all those people, you know, kind of looking at you and different things. So this is like, let's just say in this what if scenario, she got all this resentment. She actually didn't outpace it. Obviously, in the movie, she outpaced it. But let's just for a second here, let's talk about this. What if she was resentful? Drew, how would that have changed how she acted well, it when, gives her the opportunity to to do something completely different here. She's resentful of the fact that she doesn't get the magic. And I, I want to very quickly, this is a more applicable one for most people, right? Because we've all been resentful before where somebody else gets the job or, you know, oh, why didn't I get the football ability that my brother got or something like that, right? So we've all been like, dang it, like, why did it have to be me that didn't get that ability? But it's that's a scarcity mindset, right? So if you act out of scarcity and, and are resentful for what you don't have or what you don't get, then it, it tends to have the consequence of Mirabelle is not going to defend the flame. In fact, she she might try to put the magic out, right? That I, I would assume that would be your response. If you're resentful of everybody else's powers, then now you're going to you're you're feeding the cracks here. You know, the, the quick and easy way to do that is you get inside the walls, you know, Bruno, find Bruno and you can quickly turn Bruno, right? Bruno, Bruno could easily be resentful as well. You find people who who empathize with your point of view in a bad way and you can quickly shatter the consistency of the narrative. She could just kind of pick at the things that she picked at in the in an, with a negative goal, right? With some kind of a goal to unravel each family member. You know, individually, she could pick open fights. I mean, she could literally just engage, which she kind of does with Alma, but she did it with the right motivation in that one scene right near the end where she engaged her grandmother. But she could have more often engaged them and she could have made it all about Bruno. I think that would have been one way that she could have acted against integrity and just picked at the divisiveness of what was going on with Bruno. And I think it's interesting how. She doesn't overtly, I think, fix the relationship with Bruno. I think people had to come to that later. So let's jump back out of the what if, right? She's not resentful. Uh, and I, I, yeah, well, I like what you said there. Yeah, uh, a magnanimous, just a slight side, you know, track. We see something nice. We see a nice lookout over here while we're walking up our mountain. We're doing our hike. We're going to go over there real quick. I think playing to the Bruno piece right here. There's if she goes that road, it's an easy, it's the easy way to to make change, right? She's not taking the painful route to make change. She's not, she's not doing the right thing. It's the easy way. So we have to be careful of that when something like that presents itself to us to, oh, hey, now I have Bruno. This person could easily be sympathetic to my cause. I can quickly drive the the wedge that way. I just want to be careful that we call those things out when we see them before we go down that path. 
Yeah. And, and she was very strategic with how she engaged it. She still kept it kind of secret. Right. And and I think that's the integrity part. Right. You don't let a lot slip. What I see her doing is she's interacting with each peer to peer. Right. She's e- interacting with each family member and she's kind of keeping that all together. She's not like blathering it around. Obviously, when the green glass stuff, which is very mysterious earlier on, right, she, which I want to note that she takes it and makes it intact. Just going back to the integrity thing here, (laughs) there's some deep stuff in this movie about integrity. I mean, it's not out there, except when it slips out and she can't control that. She holds the integrity. And so she's actually holding it in as well till the right time. And I think that's something else that we need to be thinking about is be consistent in holding things in when it's when it's necessary to hold things in. I think that's something that she did very well here, especially with Bruno. Nobody wanted to talk about Bruno, blah, blah, blah. We got the whole song. It's a great song, by the way. Right. And I don't know. I think that's really good. I don't know where Ooh. you want to. Yeah. Ooh. Well, yeah. I think that's quite interesting to take us down that road because it it's almost like Mirabelle, her goal is to keep everything intact. She's holding it all together. I want to draw a line here to Interstellar. We draw so many lines to Interstellar, it seems. Remember, we talked about in our original Becoming Curious Explorers episode, the word Cooper means barrel fixer. And mm-hmm. in Interstellar, where you could go back to episode five to see, but barrel fixer means universe fixer, essentially. And isn't that the role that Mirabelle is set to play here? So while we're not while Mirabelle is not, quote unquote, a primary curious explorer archetype, she exhibits the characteristics of a curious explorer as well. So we're starting to see that a magnanimous leader has layered on these things. They have a growth mindset. They have they, they are curious explorers. They understand. And why why was game theory so important? Because we don't talk to it directly too often. All right. Here's your answer. Because wisdom is difficult. (laughs) That's why game theory is so important for us, because we've talked previously about don't we we talk about don't put up projections. You know, oh, it's not a good idea to put up projections. But then we also talk in the Hunger Games episodes about using a front game and a back game. And doesn't that sound like using projections? Well, kind of. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes it's it's not quite putting up projections, projections, but it is putting up a certain face in a certain moment. Uh, or a certain image in a certain moment, not to deceive others, but to move the narrative towards a magnanimous state to help others to develop. It's not, again, we have to be careful. We don't want to lie to people. That's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to put up false images. Instead, what we're trying to do is is focus on these granules of truth that might actually go deeper than the surface layer. And one word of caution, again, just like we just said right there with Bruno, we have to be careful when we do that. We need to stay accountable to others when we do that, because it's very easy when you're telling yourself a story that way to very quickly unwind everything. Now, you you can easily shatter the magic if that's what you're going to do. You really hit on the right thing there, though, which was the the front game and the back game. They have to have a consistency. And that is the integrity piece that Mm. we just barely touched on in the game theory. And we did bring it in, though. And I like what you said there about Mirabelle. She really has to drip it out, right? She really just has to drip the truth at a constant rate. And it's funny because, and I think this is what we find endearing about her, is that she kind of bumbles through it and it kind of slips out. She doesn't mean anything by it. She's just trying to figure out what in the world's going on here. 
and what is Casita trying to tell me, right? And what is being, what is trying to be communicated to me, even through my own family members who I think deep down they are worried about the magic. They just can't find the words to describe it. And very often I think we find ourselves in those situations as magnanimous leaders. We notice that there are cracks. We notice that there are things there. When we try to engage them, though, people bring the pain. They're like, just stop. Just stop. Just stop right there. Don't do it. And I just, I don't know. Like, that's something that really bugs me. And I hope we get to talk about that in other episodes as far as how do we handle that the best as magnanimous leaders, as someone with a bit of a roadmap. We don't have all the answers, but I would say that we know that there is a road that has to be traveled, right? You know what I'm saying? There's a path. We know where the, we have the map. We, we kind of, well, let's say we have a compass and we're just trying to get somebody to pay attention to that and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You got this part of you over here. It's doing this. You got this part over here. It's doing this. Don't you see? And those are not good conversations, right? <laughs> no. And this is where integrity is critical here because we're really pulling in everything that we've learned before in this episode. Integrity allows us to break closed loops, which is really, really important because that's a question that I get asked often. Integrity is basically how do you get through to other people? And the answer that we've continued to try to show through the stories and through these conversations and through our actions is that it's done through modeling magnanimous character. That's how we get through to other people. That's how you break the closed loop because the fixed mindset wants to exist in a silo, but the growth mindset wants to exist in an ecosystem. The only way for somebody to join an ecosystem if they're in a closed loop or to admit they're in an ecosystem and get out of that closed loop is on their own. So they have to integrate to the ecosystem on their own. And now let's talk about Mirabelle and Alma and what happens there and how Mirabelle is able to break Alma out of her closed loop fixed mindset. Well, it's not literal, so I don't want to take it literal, but she gives her a gut punch right in front of everybody. (laughs) And so was it respectful I don't know. I mean, I think she colors outside the lines a little bit on this one. In that moment, she does take a chance. Obviously, the whole house crumbles, right? She gambles on that. And I think you've got to look back at everything she did before that and say she acted with integrity. She acted consistently for the good of others. And she decided in that moment she's going to confront her grandma. And that's a gutsy move. She made a gutsy move. And I can't always say that those work out, right? However, if they're handled the right way, right? The front game integrates to the back game, right? Just like we just said there, if what you're projecting out is integrated to the character that that you have and the, and the character that you've been exhibiting to other people, that is really the only way that that sort of a play is going to work. And again, we have to be careful how often we pull a play like that because you cannot use that play very often. You can't use the pull the veil back play often. It's a, that is a breaking case of emergency, but this was an emergency. And so she had to break it and and pull back that veil for Alma, but it would have completely failed and fallen on her face. I would suggest if she didn't have that character of integrity and consistency so that Alma is forced to, Alma is not able to, to just say, no, that's not true. 
because Mirabelle has established herself as a reputable source, as somebody who is always looking out for the good of the family, even when she's making mistakes, she's always just looking out for the good of the family. Now she's able to turn the mirror on Alma and say, are you acting consistently with your perceived values that you have? And you know, the number one thing that ties it all together, in my opinion, is the fact that Mirabelle never had magic. And Alma sees that and she says, whoa, you're acting with integrity. You never got the magic. You got the shaft, actually. And you still love this family and you still feel a part of this family. And I think that's that's huge. That's huge. I mean, and that's that I think that's really the, the chip that she brings into the the match here with Alma, let's say they're playing poker. I mean, they're playing poker a little bit. It's like, you know, Alma plays a card. She's like, ha, I know it. You're just, you're just messing around. You're messing things up for me. Right. And she's like, no, 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 I'm not messing things up. You're messing things up. And that's when she plays that card. Right. And of course, Alma's going to look back. What has Mirabelle done consistently in the past? Because I tell you what, these type of situations, it always comes down. I don't say always, but I'm getting ready to make the point. (laughs) You, you always say stuff like this. Well, you always – you ever go back to that? You're, you're arguing with somebody or whatever, and you're like, well, you always – I often – I'm going to replace always with often because I'm getting too many always in here. But I often try to catch myself now and say, no, nobody ever always, most of the time. I think that's a realistic view of integrity and how it's implemented. Ideally, it's always, right? You always are there for me. You often are there for me. <laughs> Um, But anyway, people are going to look back and they're going to look back across your record. What's your record when they consider the truth that you just dripped on them or you dropped on them? Mirabelle drops it on her grandma. And I think if she didn't have that history of having integrity, I think that would have went differently. Integrity builds that political capital to allow you. We've talked before about political capital, relationship capital, right? So the, the we'll just redefine it here briefly. It's the the kind of built up currency almost that you have in a relationship. It's made up currency. There's not an exact amount of it. It's not you know it's not calculable. But you you build that up in a strong relationship. And one of the ways that you do so is by being consistent with that person. And I don't mean consistent as in oh this person consistently is late. Right. Oh, they, yeah, they don't show up when we have something planned. I mean, consistent as in you do what you say you're going to do. You're there when you say you're going to be there and when you need to be there most. That results in a, a strong level of trust. And I mean, I, I, I've developed plenty of these these bridges in the workplace due to integrity. Right. And you just develop. They're kind of weird sometimes. They're not like somebody that you directly collaborate with on a project. Um, they might they're not on your team or anything like that. But you develop these relationships through, you know, just a couple instances of acting consistently. And then the, the people want to come back to you over and over again with bigger and bigger things, with bigger and bigger trust, you know, things to build the trust and initiatives. And it's weird how that kind of works out, right? I mean, that's probably how our relationship started, Derek, right, is it starts out with a little bit of consistency and, and a little bit of trust. And then over time, that integrity, again, like we said in the last episode, you're playing the long game with integrity. It's not so that you can, let's just pull it, now let's tie it right back to Encanto. You don't, Mirabelle does not have integrity so that she can get her dole out of the magic. That's not why she in, has integrity. It's not so she can get a reward. She has it because she wants to hold the house and the family together. If you do that and you play the long game, 
your reward is you get good character development and other magnanimous leaders will develop around you and will then shine their lights into the world. And that warm light warms up more and more people. And we keep using this analogy because it's pretty apt. (laughs) That's what we want to see. Yeah, we do. We do. And that's why we're in this for sure. It gives you a peace. You know, there's a certain peace about knowing that you did the right thing and you did that consistently over time. And even when things go wrong in the future, and they will, <laughs> they're never going to be perfect. But you you at least know that you did everything you possibly could do. And I think that's the intactness, just to kind of conjure that up again. You get peace through integration and seeing the pieces fit together. And, and what Mirabelle did, putting that little green puzzle together, went through all the phases of it, found the pieces in the first place, right? Put them together, had the right motivations, had integrity for the right reasons. And in the end, she was able to, to put it all back together. And I, I think that was why this movie impacted me so much. You could watch this movie. I want to say this as we're closing out here and coming off the mountain. You could watch this movie and just say, I don't know. I just really like the songs. And I was a little bit icky there in the middle, but it all worked out. You could miss all of this like life lesson type stuff. I mean, you could say, oh, yeah, I've been mad at somebody in my life. And well, we we worked it out that there's so much more there, right, that Mirabelle did and acted and lived out. Being a magnanimous leader means you have to extend yourself for the good of others. And extending yourself isn't free. Extending yourself comes at a cost in terms of pain or energy or trade-offs or something like that. So Mirabelle embodies that. I love how we've come to the end of this two-part series on Encanto. And I've really come to gain a large amount of respect for and you know positioning of Mirabelle as a leader because she really is the leader of this family with Alma focused on the wrong things. She's she's trying to do the right thing, but she's focused on the wrong thing. She's gotten turned around 180 degrees pretty much. The family needs a magnanimous leader and Mirabelle steps up. And I think that each one of us can probably think about our own relationships, our own situation where we have some, you know, maybe there's a toxic workplace. Maybe we have family relationships where it's it's cracking. The house is cracking, right? This is the opportunity. You know, you, you're the only one who really has a choice in what you do. And then you only have a choice in what you do, not what other people do. So how might we hold the family together? How might we hold the hold the team together? Well, I think we're saying that it starts with integrity. I want to say as we close out here that you may have a cracked situation. It may not be continually cracking. It may not be expanding. It just may have happened right in the past. And then nobody wants to talk about the cracks, just like Bruno. And so my wife got me a book recently, and it's about closing the distance. And it doesn't happen overnight. And I think that's the thing that, of course, movie magic tells us that (laughs) this is the lonely road of integrity. Sorry, it's just the truth. But it takes time to close those cracks up. It isn't one of those processes where, I hate to say it, but not everybody in the town is going to show up and help you rebuild your house. I would love that world, honestly, where everybody could be open and free and vulnerable and magnanimous and say the right things at the right time and shine the warm light right in the right moment. But very often, it's more like there's this pitch black darkness and there's a few lights out there, right? Obviously, through this podcast, we hope to increase the number of lights that are out there, right? And the number of people that are leading in this way. But these things aren't going to get fixed overnight. You may find out years later, right, that 
that you did something and it closed that crack up. You didn't even, not even know that the crack closed, right? You're not going to maybe see it. So these are the latent effects of doing the right thing at the right time in the right moment. And you just have to be. A very influential person in my life told me that one time. You just, just be, just be. That's powerful. And I think that's what Mirabelle did in this. And I think that's what we're kind of taking away is integrity. You've got to, it's a little bit open loop for a while, right? That's scary. It is. <laughs> integrity is very open loop. Integrity puts you out there. It it does. And, and you close the loop where you can, but without getting too far out on a branch here, I think kind of summarizing what you said there, it, it's is perfect. You're suggesting that we don't become people of great integrity or magnanimous leaders overnight. It's a journey to do so. And that's why we're on this wonder tour. Absolutely. hundred percent. All right. Well, you know, if you had anything you wanted to add to that deep dive on integrity with Mirabelle, hit us up on the wonder tour on Twitter. And next time we're going to be talking about a sci-fi epic. Now, I got to say, the first time I encountered this this franchise, I suppose, I didn't, I mean, I briefly played the game, okay? I didn't really play it too much, but Dune. Dune was a very influential PC game a few years ago. I'll just say that. And very interesting, but it started off a whole genre of like all these other types of games like it and all that kind of stuff. So kind of a fun fact, but we're going to be doing Dune next time. And it's the newest one. We'll, we'll see you then. And remember... All who wonder are not lost. <laughs>